Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From dynasty to prospects to redraft, we got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clay. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 135 of the Fantrax Toolshed with Clegg and Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have a really fun episode today because guess what? It's MLB draft time. Yes, it is. We are recording actually right in the middle of the first round of the MLB draft. We're at pick like 18 or 19 right now. Chris's Atlanta Braves are coming up. And let's bring on that famous Mr. Clegg here. Chris, how how are you tonight, man? And how excited are you for your upcoming draft pick here? Well, I'm not as excited as I was because when the Braves traded waters to get the extra bonus pool money, they got about $2.2 million for that comp pick at 35 and it raised their overall bonus pool to the 10th highest. So I was pretty convinced that the Braves already had a pre draft deal with Dylan Lesko who went to the Padres and then thought maybe they're buying Cam Collier down, but he's going to Cincy just two picks before. So I have no clue what Atlanta's doing at this point. I'm, you know, not as excited as I was, but you know, Brock Porter pick would be pretty solid here. I I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of interesting to see like how the board's falling. As always, it's just completely unpredictable. And so you you never know what's gonna happen. And I have no clue what Atlanta's thinking either. They've got pick 20 and then the comp pick at 35. Ton of bonus pool money. So I'm at a loss, but we'll see in short amount of time. They're up in two picks, as you mentioned. But yeah, it's been a fun one to follow so far. I'm at a loss for my Red Sox because I have no idea what Hyam Bloom is going to do. I, I, he, he's been our, our, whatever his title is, I forget. I don't know if it's GM or president of baseball operations, whatever, for what, two years now or something like that. I still can't get a handle on like his tendencies and where he might go in this draft. If he's going to make a, if he's going to make a trade and ship off prospects and get a guy at the deadline, those types of things. So I have no idea. I would love to see the Sox go arm here. I think you know outside of Bayo, the arms in our in our system are kind of meh. Yeah. So we have definitely a lot more offensive firepower in our system. Obviously with Mayer and and Casas and everyone at York and Rafaela. So would love to see them go arm here. Socks are at pick twenty four. So was it three four picks after? Where do you guys you guys at twenty or twenty one, Chris? You were twenty. Twenty. Okay, yeah. So four picks after the Braves pick there. So upcoming picks, Cincinnati just won at 18. We got Oakland, Atlanta, Seattle, St. Louis, Toronto, Sox, Yanks, White Sox, Brewers, Houston, Tampa Bay, and San Fran to round out the first round. And we're going to break down the entire first round with fantasy implications and where we have guys ranked, some player analysis, a lot of fun stuff. But before we get into all that, the usual housekeeping, you can find us on Twitter, Chris at Roto Clegg. I'm Eric Cross04, and our show's at Fantrax Toolshed. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review. Check out our Patreon for extra content from both of us. We'll having a lot of draft content on there. And also, we will have our top 100 draft FYPD rankings combined, like we did last year with some player analysis. That'll be out 
I don't know, soon. <laughs> we don't have the exact date for it yet. We're working on rankings and player write-ups and all that, but we'll have that out as soon as we can for y'all. And, of course, check out all the other great work the entire team is doing over at Fantrax HQ, including our fantasy football draft kit with a lot of good stuff in there as well. All right, Chris, let's go right into it here. As we said, this has been a very fun draft to follow so far. It always is. The MLB draft time is always a fun time here. So we started right at the top here. Baltimore, nobody ever knows what Baltimore's going to do. <laughs> They've shown to be, you know, very unpredictable over the last uh, handful of drafts, but hey, they have a very good player development organization there. So, you know, you can't really fault them for what they do. And they've, oh, they've hit on a lot of picks lately and a lot of rising talent in their system for sure. They went with Jackson Holiday, a shortstop from Stillwater High School in Oklahoma, number one overall. He was top five in a lot of, you know, draft rankings here, you know, Pipeline, Baseball America, Prospects Live, etc. Bats left, throws right. Listen, that 6'1", 175. Pick value almost $9 million at $8.84 million. Now, he's a guy that I have top five for first-year player drafts here. Like This is a potential, really a potential standout player here offensively. Still growing into his frame, though, but you know, hit, power, run. Like There's not one tool there that like really stands out. He's got the potential to be above average to plus across the board. Plays a pretty damn good shortstop as well. He was an Oklahoma State commit. So there's a lot to like here in the profile. He's not my number one for FYPDs, but definitely top five. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. It's an interesting fit. I mean, they are Baltimore's just loading up and this it is a surprise in a in a way, but it's not a surprise just based on what you said, how the Orioles do their thing. I'm not sure many people, you know, were comfortable saying who were or who they would pick with that first overall pick. And sure enough, they went holiday. Big splash here. I agree. I think he's a top five guy. I actually have him at four. So I think he can be really solid, as you mentioned. The power did come around this year, and maybe if that sticks, like then yeah. we could be looking at a, a really solid player. But right now, like I mentioned, I think just the feel to be above average across the board with potential maybe plus power if he makes some adjustments, I think he could really get there and, and be solid. Probably plays third base eventually. He has the ability to play short, but you know he could fill out his frame a little bit and move to third. Either way, you know, this is a, a really solid pick for them. And this future infield in Baltimore, pretty I just, scary. I was just about to say that. Yeah, I, I want to see how that shakes out with, with him and Gunner and, and Westberg and Mayo. Yeah. I mean, I maybe like Mayo goes over the fur, you know, either Holiday or Henderson that third, the other one at short, or like Westbrook yeah. a second or something like that. Who yeah. knows? But yeah, they have a yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting players, a lot of fun players in that infield for sure. Yeah, so I have Holiday at three. Uh, overall, I, I think it's him. There's like a cluster. I have a definitive top two. Then there's like a cluster, you know, three through six or so for me. And I think I like him the most out of that cluster. So I have him at three at the moment. Number two off the board here is my personal number one for FYPD and son of Andrew Jones, former Atlanta Brave, great, multiple all star center fielder, multiple gold gloves. How many gold gloves he won? Probably like 13 or 14, mm, something like that. So his son, Drew Jones, goes number two overall to the Arizona Diamondbacks, who already have the number one prospect in, in baseball, in my opinion, in, in Corbin Carroll. And then they have Jordan Lawler, top 10 guy, top five for me. 
and I, I tweeted this out. If the, if anybody in this draft class could be the next Corbin Carroll, it's Drew Jones. Like, man, this tools are off the charts. You know, great feel for hit. Could be a plus hit tool guy. Elite speed. Still developing his power, but that's coming along nicely. Still got projection on the frame. 6'4", 180. Plays a great defensive center field as well, man. Chris, there's a lot to like here, and this is a potential fantasy stud in the making. Yeah, this outfield is going to be wild in Arizona. It's all oh, the man. Yeah, we talked about how good that Baltimore infield could be, man. That ball, that Arizona outfield, that could be extremely sexy. Yeah, and with Jones, obviously he's a stud in the field. He's got a great arm. I think he's the best combination of present and future projection. So I mean, like this, everything's there in the profile you want to see. He's going to grow into power. He he's. Small. I mean, 6'4", 180 is what he's listed at, but he's definitely going to grow into that frame. He's going to stick in center field. I mean, his speed is you know really, really good. I think easily plus runner. So Jones, to me, is easily the best player in this class. And the power he gets to already is pretty insane, and that's even without adding weight. So, you know, I'm not going to be surprised at all if we see him be a, a true stud. He has a number one overall prospect upside. And it's a, a slam dunk pick by Arizona. You know, surprise Baltimore passed, but, you know, whatever. I mean, works. And then Jones is going to be a stud in Arizona. So great pick here. Yeah, man. Like I said, there's a lot to like here. So he's already shown that good feel for hitting. Elite speed, power development is definitely there. So, yeah, Jones is going to be an absolute star. You know, has all the, all the makings, like you said, number one overall prospect. He's a guy that I'm trying to figure out where I want to put him in my the, like these guys I'm throwing into my my overall rankings right now, which they'll all be in my next update within the next week ish or so. And I think he might be top ten. He or if if he's not top ten, he's top fifteen at the absolute lowest. So yeah, a lot of upside there. And I said pretty solid floor for a high school guy as well. I feel and obviously you got the bloodlines. A lot of bloodlines in this draft, too. We get like uh, Jackson Holiday, we mentioned was Matt Holiday's son, former all star outfielder uh, for Colorado. So, a lot of good bloodlines in this draft as well. All right, number three overall, Mr. Kumar Rocker, former Vanderbilt standout, who signed, drafted by the Mets last year, did not sign, had surgery, was pitching in the Northwest League for Tri City. And from all accounts, was, you know, all the video I saw, the reports I saw, Looked very good. People that saw him live had you know high good things to say about him. Velocity's there. Now, this is a guy that I did not think he'd go three. I was thinking, you know, in that ten to fifteen range. But Texas gets their guy. Now he can they can pair him with his former Vanderbilt teammate there, Jack Leiter. Chris, where do you where do you value Rocker? Obviously, he's the big name. Do you think he's a guy that might be overvalued in FYPD? Just given the given the name. You know his you know collegiate pedigree, and also adding into it now that high draft slot that always has some effect, even though it shouldn't, but it always does. So, where do you think Kumar should be, and do you think he'll be overvalued? Yes, he'll be overvalued, but <laughs> simple as he, that. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he'll be. To me, he's maybe I have him at eighteen, so I'm not moving him up based on him going higher. So, I don't know. It, it was a odd pick but obviously texas went and got their guy i mean rocker did turn in medicals and you know there was plenty of teams still interested based on his medicals we i mean we don't know a ton of what was in the medicals but obviously it was okay for the rangers to take him number three 
His stuff obviously is really good. He's just a bulldog on the mound. I think he's going to be really good, but you still have to wonder, like, are there lingering injuries that could present themselves? And so that's my worry. I think they're going to give him every chance to be a starter, but you know, maybe he could be like an elite bullpen arm. A fastball slider combo are really good. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a reliever. He's going to get every chance to be a starter, I think. But if the shoulder proves that it can't hold up over a starter's workload, then he could be a bullpen guy. So he's he's risky FYPD pick. You know, normally you say a college arm's a little safer, but he's risky to me. So I'm not going too high on him in FYPD, even though I do think he'll be overdrafted. Yeah, no, I think so too. I have him in the 20 to 25 range for FYPD. Like I like Rocker, so I do think there's some reliever risk there. Now, long term, you know, let's say five years from now, who's the better fantasy arm, him or him or lighter? Ugh, probably lighter. Yeah, I think I do lean lighter still a little bit too, but I think there's similar risk w- with each of them, but obviously the upside with, with both is very high. We, we've seen that. We saw how dominant they were in Vanderbilt, you know, in the SEC, you know, obviously the SEC's elite competition there. So yeah, Rocker is going to be one of those guys where he, he's probably going all over the place in, in drafts and FYPDs. He, he'll probably be overvalued in most drafts. Like he shouldn't be top ten. He might go in top ten in some drafts. Like I already saw somebody when I was tweeting out the Kuma Rocker pick earlier, saying, you know, "I think I put it. You know, I've been putting kind of like the range in FYPDs where I have these guys. I think I probably said top twenty, top twenty five, or whatever for FYPD." And someone within a few minutes replied, "Top five. I was like, "No, no. See, it's it's already starting." But I think your Atlanta Braves are on the clock now, Chris. They are. They've made their pick. It's Owen Murphy is is the pick for the Braves. Okay. Two-way. I'm underwhelmed based on everybody that's still on the board, knowing that Brock Porter's there. But I'm seeing that Brock Porter's apparently going to the Rockies in the comp round, which... Oh, please, no, no. Yeah. Can we not? Okay, so immediately, not to jump ahead, but Gabriel Hughes went 10 to the Rockies. I had him around 25-ish, 25, 26, 27 in my rankings. Immediately dropped him 20 spots. Yeah. I don't like him nearly as... Porter is like number two, number three arm in this draft. If he goes to the Rockies, that would just suck so bad. Yeah, I'm not sure what the Braves are doing with Murphy. Like, it seemed like, like, I don't know. I mean, you add the extra slot money, and he seems like a clear underslot. So, I don't know. I mean, Murphy's probably one that could really rise. I mean, he's got good stuff, and we can talk about that more as we get to him. But uh, he's been pretty dominant, or he was dominant this year. Two-way guy. Good fastball, you know, up to 94 with it. Good curve and slider as well. He he could be an interesting riser, and maybe he's one that's just underrated. And, you know, I've always been a, a more critical than need be of the Braves draft. I was very critical of the Braves 2020 draft, but look what came out of it when, you know, you've got obviously Schuster being the first pick, and then you had Strider in the fourth. You had uh, Bryce Elder in the fifth. Yeah, they've they had a really good 2020 draft, so maybe I'm just a little too critical, but – we can talk a little bit more about Murphy when we get there. Let's keep rolling. Who's yeah, next? Keep rolling. So we just did what? Pick uh, three. Th- yeah, so we're over, over here to pick number four. That was the Pittsburgh Pirates. They grabbed Termar Johnson, a middle infielder from Mays High School in Georgia. You know, he's a guy that a little bit smaller, 5'10", 175 is the listed height and weight, but one of the best pure hitters in this draft, hands down, regardless of level or experience. And I got, there's, not, there's not a ton of speed here, 
but this is the potential plus or better hit tool. And he packs a punch. Like, don't be, you know, look at his size and think that there's not a ton of power here. Like, he's got elite bat speed. He barrels it up well. He really drives the ball. Ball just jumps off his bat. So, definitely could be an above average, maybe even plus raw power type as well. And I love the landing spot here in Pittsburgh. They're one of the better player development organizations in baseball. So great landing spot. Love the talent. A lot to like here with Shamar Johnson. Yeah, he's, and I think I've been overly critical of him as I've listened and heard that he was going to fall. You know, people have probably had more concerns than are warranted, but I do think Johnson is just going to be a stud. So he's got the, one of the best hit tools in the draft, if not one of the best in the last few years. And I do think that he gets to, power so uh, i'm a fan of tamar be interesting like i he's a second baseman through and through so do they do the pirates see gonzalez at short and it'd be interesting to see but big fan of tamar he's top five fypd in my opinion yes as he is for me he is actually is at number five for me but i might move him up to four again I, i'm still kind of you know there's a little dicey going on right there with my you know three through six or so but yeah definitely love tamar johnson Speaking of top five guys, here's the other one in my top tier of two, along with Drew Jones. That is pick number five to the Washington Nationals, who made a big splash last year getting Brady House at number pick 11, I was, I think, I believe. But here at number five, they get Elijah Green, outfielder from IMG Academy in Florida. And man, like his floor isn't quite as high as Jones. Jones is a little more polished at the plate, but I don't think anybody in this draft or maybe the last few drafts can just match the the physicality and the raw tools of green six listen at six three two twenty five looks like an outside linebacker but you know but has plus speed double plus raw power you know strong arm from the outfield as well it's just there was some swing and miss this year and as you know she's in, in high school at IMG Academy but you know that got better as season went along so if that hit tool comes along man this could be an absolute fantasy dynamo yeah no, i agree it's funny somebody found a old tweet that i had from november 2020 about him and we had, we had talked about him on a tool shed episode and yeah. he was 16 at the time you know posting a 100 plus mile hour exit velos the barrel speed was really good the sprint speed the size and uh, it tweeted about how we were high and already talking about him on the episode but yeah it feels like that he just really fell into the nationals lap like I think he's got the most upside. Like I said that about Jones, but you know, you could argue if both hit their ceilings that that Elijah Green is certainly has the the tools for days. But I think yeah. there's some strikeout concerns. But other than that, like this is where you shoot for the moon in FYPD. And I think he's easily number two for me. I have him behind Jones and number two. So if he goes beyond that, like you easily got to scoop him up. Yeah, like I said, this is a clear-cut top two for me. Like, absolutely, like, I love all of those guys in that next tier. It's a very talented draft overall, both in terms of, you know, top-end talent and depth. But, yeah, these two, Jones, and they're basically like 1A, 1B. Like I said, if there wasn't some swing and miss to to Green's profile, he'd probably be number one. And he was number one for me. I, I made the switch from him to Jones like a month or so ago. But you can't go wrong either way. If you want to take Green number one, because I do think in terms of pure ceiling – I would give a slight edge to him as well. I do agree with that. Uh, be an absolute monster potential. There's if the swing and miss concerns kind of get improved upon, and even if you know if the hit tool can come along, 
Yeah, this is going to be very, very exciting player for fantasy purposes. That is for sure. All right, pick six here. Jacob Berry going to the Miami Marlins, third baseman out of LSU, who I think is very, very similar to Josh Young. It's a guy that doesn't like the bat is the carrying tool. You know, he's not like a standout defender. It's not really much speed here in the profile, but potential for a you know above average plus power above average plus hit tool as well. It's a very polished hitter, solid approach. You know, like I said, he, he's, he just kind of screams Josh Young for me. What do you, what do you think, Chris? Yeah. And I think that he could be one of the more underrated players in the class. I think he's got a really good field to hit. Like I think he could be a plus hitter eventually. And he's got good game power, even I think really good raw as well. So it's a good pick here. I mean, he kind of proved his worth at LSU and some of the highest level college ball. He, he transferred there from Arizona. So, you know, he's played at high levels. And it's interesting. Like, I, I guess the biggest question with him is, like, what is his position long-term? Like, mm. he could be a DH, but, you know, if, if that's okay with you in fantasy, like, I think that, that the bat's really good. So I think the biggest question mark that he, he's at the back end of 10 for me in FYPDs, I think he's at number nine. And really that question mark is just because I don't know if he has a true position. So that'll really be the biggest question mark. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, he's not a standout defender. He was listed as a third baseman, could play first. You know, it's a DH is also a possibility as well. You know, luckily for him, there's not really, you know, it's, you know, locked in player, any position that he could, you know, wind up at for, for Miami. So, you know, definitely a few different paths there, but the bat is legit. Just, yeah, where does he end up? First one that kind of, you know, I guess Rocker was a bit of surprise going three as well, but he was a name that everyone knew about. So, First, I think real true surprise or maybe some a pick that people might call a reach was Cade Horton going number seven overall out of Oklahoma to the Chicago Cubs. So I thought they were going Collier there. That would have fit their mold very, very well. They love like those tools, the young guys that they can mold. But they go collegiate arm with Cade Horton, who really just put Oklahoma on his back, leading them to the College World Series final. So uh, someone, I think it might have been Jesse Roach in one of our chats, kind of came you know, comp the, the hype at least, not not the profile, but the hype to like Will Bednar for, from last year and his College World Series run, kind of driving him up draft boards. I think that's the same thing we're seeing here with Cade Horton. So, I mean, I like, you know, the arm is good, but this is not a lot of track record there. I don't know. I think he was more of like a, I think I have him more like top 25, 30-ish range for FYPDs, but hey, he's the second pitcher off the board here to the Cubs. Yeah, I think there's plenty of upside here, but the question mark is the track record. I mean, you remember Cade Cavalli came out of Oklahoma as well, where he had some ups and downs. Horton's track record is more spotty. He had Tommy John already, which I think is a positive. He he played shortstop, which is crazy, and then really settled in as a pitcher. And it wasn't until his last five starts in the postseason at that where he was really good. He added a slider over that time, if I'm not mistaken. Has a breaker, another breaker as well on the curve. The fastball, high spin, nine up to 98, like good stuff there. I guess my biggest question is like, can he sustain that performance? Can he sustain what happened in the postseason five starts? Or was that just kind of, you know, the hype of a postseason? I don't know. I, I'm intrigued. I'll, I'll say that the stuff is there for sure, but I'd like to see more than, you know, than what we saw to really push him that high. Pitchers, obviously, not as high for fantasy. So he's going to be lower for me. I'm thinking he's in the 25 to 30 range for FYPD. 
There's other pitchers that I would take over him. But if you're shooting for upside, then he could be one. Him and Dylan Lesko, I'd argue, have some of the most upside in the class. So take it for what it's worth. But, you know, I do at least like what he has to offer, but I'd like to see more of it. Yeah, no, I think that that's very fair. There's, yeah, it's a big boomer bust pick. Like this could be, like I said, the upside's there, but the track record's not. So it could go m- multiple ways there, but he does go number seven to the Chicago Cubs. Moving on here, number eight to Minnesota, Brooks Lee out of Cal Poly. I, and I tweeted this out. This was the first better in real life than fantasy pick here. Brooks Lee is, I don't want to say he's Tower Freeman, but he's Tower Freeman with a bit more power potential. I don't, there's an potential elite hit tool here, but this, there's the power speed. You know, he, I think he had like 15, 16 home runs this year. So I think he does have more power than Freeman. So that wasn't a great comp, but. I don't know. I just don't see a huge fantasy upside with Brooks Lee. Like I said, he could be a guy that hits, you know, 280 plus. Absolutely. Great, great approach. Good, you know, contact skills are absolutely up there. Maybe he's a 15 to 18 homer guy in five to eight steals. I don't know. Just that power speed. Maybe Jeff McNeil. I don't know. Something like that. Just not all these names I'm saying aren't really that sexy, but maybe I'm a little harsh. What are your thoughts on him, Chris? I think he's average game power plus hit speed is not there. I don't think he's going to run much at all. Yeah. So you're right. I think it's a, it's a hit over everything type profile. And I think that can be a positive, but at the same time, like for fantasy, you know, it's not a huge, like, you know, go get him type guy. I think he's valuable real life. Like you said, but for fantasy purposes, he's, He's just not going to be a top 10 guy for me personally. Yeah, I, I had him top 10, but I'm going to bump him down. I'm just not sure that that's where – like I'm not sure I'd rather have him over Jacob Berry or Chase DeLauder. And you know, Young is going to get a little dip for me because Detroit, but we'll talk a little bit about that. But I'd, I'd still rather have those guys over Lee for fantasy. Yeah, no, I, I would too. I, Lee currently is 14 for me right now, but – yeah, he's. I think he's in that mid-teens range. Except the hit tools there is a good floor there. He's probably a guy that moves fairly quickly as well. But yeah, definitely a better real life than fantasy pick. That's for sure. Next here, Kansas City at pick number nine. They take the guy with, without question, the best last name in this MLB draft this year. Gavin Cross, outfielder from Virginia Tech. No relation, obviously. Though it's kind of cool that there was a top 10 draft pick in baseball with the last name Cross. And I think there's a top 10-ish caliber NFL player with the last name Gavin Cross. That's just kind of cool. And the name Cross is prevalent this year in the major sports drafts. But anyway, Gavin Cross going to Virginia Tech. Another offensive standout there at the collegiate level. The power stands out above, above everything else. But I think he's definitely at least a plus power guy. But, you know, he's a solid hitter as well. Could be average above average hitter with a little bit of speed as well. He's, he's a bigger guy, very stout frame, but athletic as well. Maybe he adds – now, he won't, I don't think he'll be, you know, 15, 20 steals. Maybe he's like a 5 to 10 steal guy early on in his career. So, very intriguing get there for Kansas City at pick nine. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Cross, actually, both, both of them, you and, and Gavin. But oh, I thanks, have, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I have Gavin Cross ranked sixth, actually, for FYPD. I'm – a big I have, I have seven right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big believer in what he did at VT. You know, the landing spot, 
you know, I, I was we were talking before show, and I kind of mentioned Kansas City's player development, but they they've done all right with bats. The pitching side, not as much. So, you know, Gavin Cross is one that could excel. I mean, not the best hitter spark, but you know, whatever. We're not worried about that at this point. I think the tools are, you know, louder than he's given credit for. Honestly, there's plus power in the profile. I think he's got a good feel to hit as well. I mean. I think it's a good play. It's an upside play for sure, and I think that's what you're looking for in FYPD. So I'm certainly all about trying to get Gavin Cross in FYPD. I think he's going to go lower than we have him ranked. I'd guess he goes near 10, so I think he's going to be a good value in FYPDs. I 100% agree with that. Yeah, he's definitely a good value. So he doesn't have like any huge standout tools, but that power it could be you know, 25, 30 home runs. Five to ten steals, you know, two sixty, two seventy type of hitter. So he's definitely a very good all around player with with the potential to be, you know, it's a thirty homer bat. Uh, let's keep going here at finish up the top ten. As I said, ten was Gabriel Hughes, righty out of Gonzaga, going to the Colorado Rockies. Who I mentioned him earlier, so we don't need to go like super in depth here, but a guy that probably would have been top twenty five, top thirty or so for me in FYPDs, but. It's Colorado. Did the same thing last year with who was their first pick last year? Clemson guy, Chris. I'm blanking on the name. I'm, I'm blanking too. But um, anyway, I, it was another situation where it was a top, you know, thirty or forty guy for me that I bumped into like the sixties. I remember last year. It's just, and it's not just the ballpark. Obviously, that plays a ton into it because obviously, Coors Field is not <laughs> what we'd call pitcher friendly, but. Colorado also does not have a good track record in developing players, especially on the pitching side of things. So there's just not a lot to like here. Any pitchers immediately gets a huge bump down FYP rankings for me. And it was like a guy I liked him, didn't love Hughes. So I'm not like too torn up about this, but yeah, not, not a guy I target within the top 40 picks or so. Yeah. It's kind of same. I mean, I think that he was, you know, pretty good fastball, like kind of a floor type, guy good you know three pitch mix he wasn't going to be an ace by any means they say he has a real bulldog mentality which was you know one of his better traits but i don't know the fit is awful as you mentioned so i'm just not really looking to touch him i mean when's the last time colorado's developed a pitcher couldn't tell you <laughs> it's been a long time with Her- herman marquez yeah i guess and when the, when he came up, two thousand like fourteen, I don't know. It's just it's it's been a bit. So, yeah, not not a target of mine in FYPs, that's for sure. But let's go ahead and take a quick break here as the top ten is finished in this episode. Here, we'll come back on the other side, and my Red Sox are currently on the clock, so we'll get into that pick and go over the rest of the first round picks. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. All right, as you know, we have a new sponsor, and Fantrax Toolshed is now brought to you by Manscaped. We have plenty of tools for the shed of fantasy baseball, but you need a new tool for your shed if you know what I'm talking about. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. So join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off plus free worldwide shipping. That is a fantastic deal, by the way. Just put the code TOOLSHED in at manscaped.com. Let me tell you a little bit about the 4.0 package. It has the first, the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. It has a weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. 
the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, the Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the trimmer of future grooming and, dare I say, the best ball groomer ever. The fourth-generation trimmer features cutting-edge ceramic blades to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof. You can use it in the shower. It has a 400K LED spotlight, which is perfect for precise shaving. Because this trimmer is waterproof, I mentioned, you don't have to worry about a mess on your bathroom floor. You can use it in the shower. You thought that was good, but the Performance 4.0 package also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. It's also waterproof. It also has the proprietary skin-safe technology, which is great. That will reduce nicks, snags, and tugs. As I mentioned, the package also comes with the Crop Preserver Below the Waist deodorant and Reviver. They even throw in two free gifts for you. Manscaped boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort in boxers to another level. It's time to get some new tools for your shed. Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off, plus free shipping when you use the code TOOLSHED. That's right, manscaped.com. Use the code TOOLSHED for 20% off and free shipping. So go do it today. Don't regret it. Don't miss out on this great opportunity. All right, welcome back from the break here. As I said earlier, my socks are on the clock right now. We'll see what that pick comes in to be. But while we're waiting for that, let's get into the next pick here. That was pick number 11, the New York Mets, who, again, did not sign Kumar Rocker last year. So they had picks 11 and 14 here in this draft class. And they get probably the first, quote-unquote, steal of the draft. Catcher Kevin Parada from Georgia Tech who by all counts, many evaluators had him being as like a top five talent. Obviously all those evaluators are talking about real life and not fantasy, but this is a guy that could be, I don't have him top five, but he's a top 10 FYPD guy for me. You know, look at what he did last year at Georgia tech. And he did perform pretty well in 2021, 318, nine home runs, 52 games. But this year at 361, 453, 709, 26 home runs, 88 RBI, 79 runs score, and 11 steals with almost as many walks as strikeouts, 30 to 32 in 60 games. So this is a guy that's potential plus hit, plus power. And I think he could stay behind. He's, he's not a standout defensively, so it's not like a lock that he stays behind the plate on, obviously, the Matt San Francisco Alvarez. But this is one of the best bats in the class easily. I agree. And if you're worried about the Mets drafting him with having Alvarez, I just tell you, don't. Don't be worried about it. Talent always wins out. The bats are going to play. Both bats right. are going to play. One way or another, I'm a big fan of Parada. I think catchers tend to get you know a little bit underrated, per se. Parada's no Adley Rutschman, but he's a really good bat. And you know I think he's going to be a top 60 overall prospect for me, just looking at other prospects, like – He's going to push in that 50 to 60 range. So I'm a big fan of Kevin Prada. As you mentioned, I think there's plus hit and power. No denying the power that we saw this year. And, you know, the plate discipline's really good. His pitch recognition's good as well. So I'm a huge fan of Kevin Prada. As am I. He He's a much better hitter than Joey Barr. Now, it's easy to say in hindsight with how Bart has really struggled, especially at the major league level. But, yeah, I think just looking back at what people were saying about Bart back in – it's that 2019 draft, I want to say it was. And then this year with Kevin Parada, and people are higher on Parada. So, yeah, he's definitely a top 10 guy. Like I said, 
as you Chris said, you know, don't worry about the spot, you know, where he lands up. Yeah, he could be first base, TH. Who knows? Who knows what the Mets are going to do? They, they might trade him away. Who knows? But yeah, the bat is legit. So Kevin Parada, no doubt top 10 FYPD for me. And at pick 12, we got Jace Young, younger brother of Josh Young, also with the Texas Tech second baseman. I like the bat. Again, this is a offense, kind of like Jung, offense first profile, potential above average to plus hit, above average or better power. But I guess Chris alluded to, don't love the landing spot with that ballpark. It's limited Cassianos, it's limited Javi Baez, it's limited Torkelson, you know, guys with better power than Young. So I don't know. I, I'm not, I already bumped him down a handful of spots. He's still top 15 for me, but he was top 10. Slid a little bit, but like the bat, if you're not worried about the park, then go ahead, take him top 10. But I think he's going to be a guy that I don't get a lot of shares of. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I do like Young a lot. I'm just not a fan of the landing spot. I think that there's, you know, the tools are good. I think he's got several above average tools, probably above average hit, above average power. You know, he's not going to be somebody that runs. I know he stole five bases this year. I don't count on him to steal many bases. Interesting, he's a lefty bat. I do like that, but I don't know. I, I am slightly concerned about where he's landing. Detroit's you know, just a tough ballpark, so you do have to factor that in a bit. To me, he's a borderline top 10 FYPD guy. Like the bat, not in love with it, though. Yeah, that's a, that's a very fair thing to say right there. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just – the Red Sox just made their pick, and I, I'm just – my word, Bloom is being Bloom again. So, pick 24 for my Red Sox. I'm having flashbacks to Nick York. Though, granted, Nick York pick did work out. No, he's having kind of a not-so-great year this year, but broke out last year. So, I, I called that a win for that pick last year or two years ago, whenever it was. But we just went with Mickey Romero, prep shortstop out of the California. I think he went to the same high school, Orange Lutheran. I think that's where Cole Wynn went, if I recall correctly. But a guy that... A lot of sites like for instance, Baseball America, who's you know the cream of the crop with prospects, you know, analysis and rankings and all that stuff for real life. He they have him 54. You know, I, I don't, I'm not gonna say I've spent a lot of time digging into Mickey Romero. I, I know of him, I know he's, he's a kind of a looks like a similar profile at the time to to Nick York, you know, hit first, but everything else is kind of like I don't know, you know, there's not he's not a great defender. You know, there's not a lot of power speed there. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm just very underwhelmed with this pick. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't really hype you up much. I think I think the <laughs> combine, he was he was a riser in the combine. I don't know. It's an interesting pick. I think he's probably a second baseman long term. Like he's just he's not like overly athletic from my understanding. Yeah. So, you know, he's one that will probably grow into power. He's a high contact. I think York is a pretty fair comp there. So, you know, take it for what it is. York is worked out well so we'll see what happens but i don't know i'm I'm not crazy about the pick i'm not sure it's like he's gonna be flying up fypd boards but maybe it maybe he should based on the fact of what nick york has done i don't know man i don't even looking at the profile now and looking at york's profile i, I i'm even more underwhelmed here it's in with the red Sox, i just makes no freaking sense. i'm gonna go a little bit of rant here sorry but we have enough infielders. 
All of our top prospects are infielders. You know, I was in a Brian Bayo. It's all infielders. We'll get Raffaello too, but it's like we already have a young infield as it is. And we got Cassis to take over at first base. We got Nick York. We got Marcelo Mayer. It's just so many other infielders we have. Like I would love to have gone outfield there or pitcher. Like I was, we were saying before we came on the air, or maybe that was in the intro. I don't even remember at this point. But I wanted the pitcher here. There's a lot of you know, collegiate arms here because outside of Bram Bayo, rest of our pitchers are kind of, you know, this is some back end guys there, but not a lot of upside. So I'm like, all right, let's go pitcher, strengthen that side of it. But uh, this this pick just underwhelms me. I don't know. There's not very really much else to say. He's not a top 50 FYPD guy. I think I have to mute, look at my quick rankings here. Where do I even have him? I guess scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. 70s. I had him, had him in the 70s. And that's just like a, of my first draft here. But yeah, nobody I'm going to be targeting. So don't let the, the Red Sox pick push him up boards for you. He's not top 50 guy. Maybe I'm a little harsh at 70s. I got to look into his profile a bit more. But yeah, definitely not a not a great fantasy profile there for sure. All right, we'll go start going a bit quicker here. Picks 13 and 14. We'll kind of group these two together because I think they're both similar ranking spots for us. At 13, the Angels drafted a position player for the first time in about 50 years at yeah, pick 13, Zach Neto, shortstop from Campbell University. That's in North Carolina. Then I pick 14 with their second pick of the draft. The Mets go Jet Williams from Rockwall Heath High School in Texas, a shortstop as well. Chris, what do you what do you like about each of these guys and who do you think is the better fantasy bet long term? Yeah, I really do like Jet Williams. He's a little undersized, which that's probably hurts him a bit. <clears throat> he I mean, he's listed at 5'8, which I think if he was a little bigger, he would have probably pushed top 10 pretty easily and maybe even top five status because he's he's got all the tools that you'd like to see. I mean, easy field to hit, got good barrel control, elite speed too. I think you could see him getting to average game power. It feels kind of Corbin Carroll-ish, and I, I'm, I'm not going to comp him to Corbin Carroll, who was one of the, you know, he's obviously the number one prospect in baseball now. But, you know, I, I'd say Carroll has a better field to hit, but – Jet does kind of have that. He's got the double plus speed. He's got a good field to hit. And he if he gets to average game power, then you're looking at a pretty stud profile. You know, the, the biggest concern is size, like durability type stuff. But, you know, I do like Jet. So I would prefer Jet there to him. I would as well. Like I said, there's a good field for hit, good speed there in the in the profile. And, and maybe he's, he could be a 12-15 homer guy. I don't know. We'll see how that power develops. I think that will really be the X factor for him. But yeah, I think I do like Jet Williams a bit more. I have him, let's see here, in my rankings, I have Jet Williams at 22 and Neto at 25. So, and I might move Jet Williams off a couple of spots. I don't know. He's, this is a big cluster, like 18 to 24. So, could could move up a few spots. Could, could be in my top 20 by the time we release our, our combined rankings here. All right, then at pick 15, this is the pick that just broke my co-host heart. Guy that he was hoping that his Braves would take at pick 20. But Dylan Lesko, the big-time prep arm, who's that, underwent Tommy John surgery, he went pick 15 to the San Diego Padres, which honestly didn't surprise me that much. So he, he kind of fits their mold a bit there. But Lesko, huge arm. And you, you saw him live, right, Chris? I never got to see him. I was going to see him, and then he got oh, TK. That, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So you almost saw him live, but – Obviously, very exciting arm. You know, he's been mentioned in the same breath as you know, some of the big time prep arms from the from the last couple of drafts. Guys like Painter and Abel and Jackson Job, etc. 
do you think that he could be even better than those guys, Chris? Yes, he's by and far the best pitcher in this class, in my opinion, and I don't really think it's close. I mean, we were talking about a guy with you know easily the best changeup in the draft, good delivery. You know, his command is really good as well. High spinning breaking ball. You know, probably morphs to a slider over time. And the fastball, you know, sits mid upper nineties. Like this dude has got it going on. Tommy John doesn't worry me. I'm actually happy that he already has it. So he did have it in April, puts him out until next year. But you know, how many arms get drafted and don't even pitch anyway? So let's go to me is the easy, easy top pitcher in the class. I mean, he was a top five talent before he got TJ three arguably plus pitches, very clean operation with the mechanics. And I think that, you know, he's got SP one upside in my opinion. Yeah. I, I don't have anything else to add there. I, I do like him more than all the arms swell elite upside. You know, and that's Tommy John. Does, does anybody even care about that anymore? Especially when you get it at this young of an age, I mean, yeah, if you get it like, you know, when you're 24, 25 in the major leagues, yeah, it's an issue. But, you know, it's not a death sentence anymore. And we've seen guys come back even stronger from TJ. So, yeah, I'm I'm not worried about that either. He's, yeah, I said easily the number one pitcher in this draft class. You know, I like Brock Porter a lot as well, who he's still on the board, isn't he? Uh, yes, yeah, Brock Porter's Brock, not been taken. Yeah, which is kind of odd here. But, yeah, he's easily number one pitcher for me as well. Getting him to San Diego, we'll see. Uh, it's a pretty solid pitching, you know, development org in general. You know, he could be and get that Padre tax on him. He's gonna be a guy that he's probably gonna go top ten in FYPDs. I think uh, with that, I, I I have him closer there. He's in that kind of eight to fourteen cluster I was talking about. He's at this very second. He's number twelve for me. He was eight or nine before surgery, so they did drop him a couple of spots. But yeah, no doubt top fifteen for FYPD purposes, without question. All right, next pick. Really, this very fun part of the draft. You know, 15 to 19 was very, a lot of interesting players here, a lot of intriguing players for fantasy purposes. So we'll go 16 through, what's with, yeah, go through 16 through 19 here. Chase DeLauder, outfielder from James Madison, went to Cleveland. 17, Justin Crawford, outfielder from Bishop Gorman High School, which is the same high school that both Nolan Gorman and Matthew Libertor went to out there in Nevada. Son of Carl Crawford went 17 to Philly. 18 was Cam Collier from Chip- Chipola. I always want to say Chippewa. I don't know why. <laughs> Chipola Junior College in Florida. Shortstop slash third baseman went there to Cincinnati. That's a fun landing spot. And then Oakland wants to have every catching prospect known to man. So they take Daniel Suzak from Arizona at pick 19. Let's start with Chase DeLauder. I'll just say this. Chase DeLauder is easily top 10 FYPD for me. And if he falls past top 10, scoop him up or I'll be extremely mad at you for passing on him. I have him number six right now. Might put him as high as four. Like I said, he might lead that second tier for me. He's right up there. He is a more toolsy Colton Cowser, in my opinion. I don't know why you saw a lot of people drop him down draft boards a little bit this year, and I'm I honestly don't know why. I tried like digging into the profile to see why he might have fallen, but he had another very good year. He's a he's a small small market, you know, it's not a small market, a, a small school guy. James Madison is not 
you know, in the powerhouse doesn't have the elite competition. That's the same knocks people have with Colton Cowser when he went to where Cowser go, Texas. Chris, where did Colton Cowser go? He went to uh, Sam Houston State. Thank you. I know somewhere down there. I was forgetting which <laughs> Texas, Texas school it was. There's a lot of Texas schools, but he had a very good year. In you know, he had, he only played 24 games, but in those games, 437, 576, 828. Slash one, eight doubles, eight home runs, 10 steals, caught once, 28 walks, 21 strikeouts. He had a pretty good showing in the Cape Cod League last year, 298, 397, 589, nine home runs, five steals, and 34 games. There's a lot to like. There's a plus power, plus speed, solid hit tool. I don't know why he's he's falling down draft boards. You know, I don't know if it's just a small school thing. I don't know, but like I said, more toolsy Colton Cowser for me. So top 10, no doubt, maybe top five. Yeah, I mean, the tools are good. I think he's a above average hit power and plus speed. So it's a, a pretty solid combo there. I think he's a great fit in Cleveland. He fits I like that yes. system really well. They develop extremely well. I think his draft stock fell because he started out the spring so bad. I mean, he was torn up by Florida State in the opening series. They had two lefties that just absolutely dominate Parker Messick and can't even think of the other one's name off the top of my head. but And then he had the broken foot as well, but he ended the season really strong. So I, I like the profile a lot. Good pick by Cleveland for sure. No doubt. I, I was hoping he'd fall to the Red Sox. I thought there was a chance of it, but you know, he goes uh, at pick 16 to Cleveland. Justin Crawford is another guy that's very exciting for fantasy purposes. I got that. I think, you know, could be, you know, wind up as one of the top five fantasy players from this draft. I think he's got that type of upside, kind of like his father, elite speed there, good feel for hit for his age there. I think he could be an above average uh, hit tool guy, but we'll see how the, the power development will be the X factor with him as well. He's already shown, you know, he's got good bat speed, can really drive the ball, but just adding more bulk to that frame. He's listed at 6'3, 175, a little on the slight side like his father was, but. If he can just get up into that 15, 18 homer range, which I think he definitely could with his raw power and that bat speed that like I mentioned, he could be another guy that really flies up, you know, prospect rankings once he gets into a uh, minor league ball. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. I'm a big fan, obviously big speed, but I think he can get to that power. That's going to be the biggest question mark. I think he's got a good feel to hit, but the power will be the question. But the profile obviously is good. He's grown up around the game. So big fan of Crawford there. Yeah, for sure. I guess I think he right now I have Crawford 13 in my rankings. He might sneak into the top 10. There's definitely a chance. Like he's definitely in that tier that like eight to 14 tier. I keep referencing. He's right in the middle of that. So he might be a guy that pushes into the top 10 for me. All right. Next cam Collier, one of the more exciting buzzy names in this draft. Got that, you know, right. Definitely on the left side of the infield, short, third. We'll see. He was listed as a third baseman here. But when I was tweeting, and that's a guy that I put in top, I had top five. I'll say that. But then as I was tweeting out, I'm like, all right, there's there's some speed, not a ton of speed. Could be a guy that's above average to plus hit, above average to plus power. But I don't know. That doesn't scream top five profile for this. So maybe I got to bump him down a bit. You know, 6'2", 210. So I guess the projection on that frame. Good bat speed there from the left side as well. So definitely top 10, no doubt top 10, but I don't know. I'm kind of reconsidering that top five, but you have him top five as well, Chris. I do have him three. I'm a big fan of, of Cam Collier. I don't know. I just, he's the youngest in the class. He was the second youngest ever play in the Cape Cod league. Talking about a guy that should still be in high school. 
and tore up junior college ball at a very competitive level. He just continued to prove people wrong. And I guess there's some question marks as far as like, you know, how good's the hit tool going to be. But I, I really do think that there's plus power in this profile. Speed's not going to be a factor, but I think he's probably above average hit. So you're right. I mean, maybe the speed kind of tears it a little bit so he doesn't run, but I like Collier's bat a lot. I do too. Like I said, he's definitely top 10 central for, he could be plus hit plus power and he'll at least add some speed, you know, I'll see how, how the, uh, the frame kind of fills out and how, how he ages, but you know, maybe he, maybe he could flirt with, you know, double digit steals early on, but I don't think it's ever going to be a huge part of this game, but yeah, that bat definitely stands out. That's for sure. And then we get Dan- Daniel Suzak here at pick 19 to Oakland. Again, they already have Shay Langoliers. You know, now they get Daniel Suzak. Sorry, my, my brain kind of just shut off for a second there at pick 19. Catcher out of Arizona. Again, a guy that's the bat is, is it's, it's not like it's not nearly the bat of Parada, but he's a big guy, 6'4, about 220 or so. Solid behind the plate. You know, he's got a pretty good arm. I think he can stick at catcher if that's what they want, but who knows with the catching logjam they have in that system. But you know, could be an average above average hitter, above average power. So a solid, but not a elite bat like you know, like a Harada. But I think he's definitely like a top twenty, top twenty five type guy for first year player drafts. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Susak is is all right. I mean, I think that obviously his he has some raw power, not the field to hit like Parada though, which I think could hinder him. I don't know. It's interesting. Like, I get that you kind of draft for you know, best player available. Some teams do. Oakland's kind of been on Susak a while, but they just traded for Shea Langoliers, who is their catcher of the future. There's there's no doubt about that in my mind. If you saw him throw out Corbin Carroll in the Futures game, he, his pop time's ridiculous. His arm is ridiculously good. And Langoliers also hit a home run in the game. So, obviously, he's a Braves guy. I've seen him a lot. I'm a big fan of him. I don't know. It's an interesting pick by the A's. Susak, for me, you know, it's not somebody I'm going out of my way to get in FYPDs. If he falls substantially, like past pick 30, then maybe I consider. But if there's a catcher I'm getting in this class, it's going to be Parada. I also like Dalton rushing a little bit. I may like rushing a little bit more than Susak, honestly, just for fantasy purposes. Kind of a better feel to hit. Doesn't really have the same power, but you know, I'll, I'll take the guy that can hit personally. So would you be rushing out to get him in your drafts, <laughs> would you say? Yeah, maybe, but not not rushing too high to get him. I've been sitting on that one for a while. It's the, <laughs> the, the dad in me, you know, you see certain like names and or words or whatever, and it's just, like instantly like dad joke, dad joke, dad good. joke. I had to say it. it. It was it was an easy one though. Like the name is pretty easy there. All right, let's last what 10, 11 picks here. We'll go a little bit quicker through these guys. And again, this will not be our last episode on FYPD. We'll have plenty more. We'll have mock drafts and you know probably more in the in the off season as well. Plenty of FYPD coverage, as like I mentioned. We have well plenty of written content as well, both on Fantrax HQ and on our Patreon as well. So pick 20 is was Owen Murphy, as we, we already kind of mentioned him, the high school prep arm from Illinois going to Chris Atlanta Braves. Cole Young, prep outfitter from Pennsylvania, shortstop going to Seattle at pick 21. Cooper, uh, I always butcher this Yerpy. name. Chris. Herpy, thank Yerpy. you. Jerpy, there you go. Yerpy's I always know age. Yeah, no age. Just drop the age, Jerpy. Like HJ should never be put back to back. That's just a <laughs> weird combination of letters. Cooper Jerpy, lefty from Oregon State, goes 22 to St. Louis. Brendan Barreria, 
Am I, am I saying that right, Chris? It's Barreria, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Barrera, you know, I E R, yeah, Barrera going 23 to Toronto. I, I like that spot there. Uh, yeah. They've had some pop up, obviously, with Tiedemann, Zuleta. They've had some pop up arms here over the last couple of years. So that's a very intriguing landing spot there as well. Lefty, 6'2, 180, going to Toronto at 23. Then Mickey Romero, or Mikey, sorry, Mikey, I want to say Mickey, Mikey Romero going 24 to my Red Sox. And again, solid hit tool. Maybe there's some Nick York you know, esque traits in there, but I don't like it. It was a reach. And then pick 25, Spencer Jones, outfielder from Vanderbilt going to the Yankees. 26. This was a fun pick here. Noah Schultz, big lefty, 6'9 lefty, and high school lefty at that. Out of Illinois, Oswego East High School goes to the White Sox. And then at 27, Eric Brown Jr., shortstop out of Coastal Carolina to Milwaukee. 28, Drew Gilbert, outfielder from Tennessee. A guy I like a lot going to Houston. Good landing spot there. Obviously, Houston's one of the better player development organizations in baseball. And we just had to pick 29, Xavier Isaac, a left-handed pitcher going to the Tampa Bay Rays. That was a bit of a, you know, a lot of places don't even have him top 75 or so. So a guy that I don't have a lot of knowledge on. So I guess I got to dig into a little bit more of him, but Big lefty, 6'4", 240. So what stands out these last 10 picks or so, Chris? What stands out to you? What what, what guys do you like, what guys do you don't like? Well, I know nothing about Xavier Isaac. He's from my wife's hometown, though, which is interesting. Oh, really? Think, yeah, he, that's Winston-Salem area in North Carolina. So okay. I, I have no clue. But picks that I like, Brandon Pereira, like that pick a lot, as you mentioned. The development there with with Ricky Tiedemann has been huge. Spencer Jones, awesome pick by the Yankees. Like big guy like Aaron Judge and Stanley, 6'7, 225. You know, he's got massive power in the profile. I really like the Jones pick a lot of lefty with that kind of power in that park. So that's a great pick, in my opinion. Another one, I do like Eric Brown a lot. I think Eric Brown is really underrated. Went to Coastal Carolina. People forget that Coastal Carolina won the College World Series a few years back. They're a legit program. He has you know, a ton of power in the profile. He's got a very funky load. He's got a, you know, people, I wouldn't say it's like Joey Weimer, but he's really unconventional like Joey Weimer. It's a great pick by the Brewers and for fantasy. Like, I'm a little bit higher on him than, than he went here. Like, I've got him in the teens for fantasy purposes for FYPDs because, I mean, all the numbers are really good. He's, you know, hits the ball extremely hard. He's high contact as well. So I'm a big fan of Eric Brown. And obviously the Drew Gilbert pick is phenomenal. Love Drew Gilbert. Yeah. Love the landing spot. Awesome pick by the Astros. They always draft well, even though you say their system's so shallow, but they just haven't had the picks or the international signees. So yeah, right. Gilbert's a phenomenal pick. So I'm a big fan of that one. He's he's a near top 20 guy for me. Yeah, I, I like Drew Gilbert a lot. Where do I have him? 24, but he's a guy that could move up in the top 20 as well. I re- really like that bat a lot. And he's been pretty high on, on a lot of lists as well. You know, he's, he's he's a little bit undersized guy, but and again, not a guy that stands out really anywhere, but just really good across the board. Could be above average hit, above average speed, maybe above average power too. Like he's got some surprising pop for his size yeah i don't think he i don't think there's a lot of projection left you know he's already 21 and a half years old 
but it's a guy that I think could just really sneak up on, on people. And like I said, you know, we both said Houston, they always seem to develop well and get these guys that even the guys that aren't big names, they get the most out of their prospects. So I like the landing spot as well. Yeah. And Spencer Jones is very intriguing just by the fact that he's, like you said, a big, big guy, six, seven, 225 out of Vanderbilt, big time power, you know, left and a lefty too, like lefty power, Yankee Stadium. Yes, please. Uh, obviously, limited to a, a corner outfield type of role, but he's definitely a guy that, you know, boomer bust could be, you know, I'm not sure where he goes and FYPDs, probably with the Yankee, him going to the Yankees. I can really see him going top 20 and FYPDs. Where, where did you have him, Chris, in your? In your rankings, I have him currently at twenty-two. Okay, so that was I, for the Yankees. Yeah, I had him at twenty-eight, but yeah, the Yankees will bump him up. I, I'm put, putting him near that twenty range now. He might even sneak in the top twenty. Yeah, that definitely is a good landing spot for him. Obviously, with that left-handed power, but I think and the Noah Schultz too. Like he's just big, like big lefty, very projectable frame. Still, you know. So he needs to add some velo there, but he's got some good feels for his secondaries. He could be a guy that really pops in rankings. We'll see. I'm not crazy about the landing spots, but it's very, very exciting player in general. So hopefully the White Sox can maximize him because he could be a very big impact arm. But I think that's going to wrap us up here because the first round is now over. Really fun first round, some surprising picks, but a lot of a lot of elite talent here, a lot of depth in the draft. So we'll get into you know the second, third, fourth rounds, etc., in further episodes and and written content as well. Be at the lookout for Chris and I's combined top 100, which will have player blurbs as well. Like I said, that'll be out next week or two. We're getting that together right now. No exact date on that, but by the end of July, absolutely. So. Check that out and check out all of our other work over on our Patreon, of course. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in again this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter. Chris is at RotoClegg. I'm at EricCross04. And our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. Check out all of our written work at Fantrax HQ, Fantasy Pros, or over on our Patreon, of course. And join us again next time for more fantasy baseball talk. But until then, everyone take care.